Welcome to Mighty Movie. Yes, we are back. What used to be a podcast is now on YouTube. So you used to listen to it through your ear holes. You can now see us through your eye holes as well. Should be uh, a marked improvement unless, of course, you are listening to the podcast version, in which case, check us out on YouTube. It's a, it's a whole new experience and we hope you enjoy it. Um, so, it, yeah, it has been quite a year, hasn't it? A deadly disease has stalked the earth. And what we've discovered in the months ensuing is that one of the best ways to fight it is to hunker in place, shelter at home. Yes, home is security. Home is safety. Home is inviolable. Unless, of course, the government broadcasts an infernal signal into your TV via a cursed satellite dish. We're going to be talking with Turkish director Orshun Berem about his new film, The Antenna. Orshin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Cool. I'm, we're doing about as well as can be under the conditions, I guess. Yeah, I, I hear you. Same, yeah. same all around, same here in Turkey as well. Same around the world. Um, so let me start by throwing out um, a couple of names, one of which I uh, I came up with while watching the film, the other of which I divined by means which we will not go into here for the public. But in, in any case, the and you tell me um, if one or the other is an inspiration or if both are, if neither are, that's okay too. Um, one name is David Cronenberg and the other name is Dario Argento. Oh yeah, I mean these are two directors that that I quite love a lot, and I think the in terms of inspiration, I think they they have an inspiration to me like throughout my life in a way that because I love watching their films, the, especially Daria Argento was massive when I was a teenager, and I could I would look for VHS cassettes of his films all the time, when you know I would watch whatever I could get my hands on to, so. I think that the these both of the names are actually inspirations. And regarding the film, I think when I watch the film, I can actually pick a lot of points where there could be there are references or, or feelings uh, towards these directors. I would say. What what uh, what attracted you to them? What what was it you got from them? Oh, I mean, I think this all started not by the directors, but by horror films initially, because mm -hmm. I started watching horror films at a really young age. And I find the experience of watching a horror film is, is almost like a ritual that's it's in the even before you start watching the film, the ritual begins. You know, you go out there and you look for the film. You don't know what's going to what you are going to get. So it, it was about the VHS tapes, getting VHS tapes when I was a kid initially. And after the movie is done, you still have a feeling of horror. And I was scared as a kid and I enjoyed that, that adrenaline from the horror films. 
So I think initial connection was through the horror films. That that whole ritual captured me, and then yeah, Dario Argento and Cronenberg were directors that I discovered a bit later, and I think they they stand out as stylistic ways. I mean, Dario Argento in his own way, and Cronenberg so with his scripts and with the way that you know with the stories that he finds so yeah hmm. what did what did you want to bring to horror what did i want to bring to horror yeah what of yourself what 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 did you feel you want to put it you wanted to put into it hmm I don't know, like I never thought of this, making this film was like an act of uh, being part of the horror genre. That wasn't that kind of a idea or a discourse initially. And it was about few things. One thing is that I, you know, when I try to create, since I enjoy horror films, I think of in terms of horror, whenever I think of a story, I, you know, suddenly like a horror team adds up to it. So that was one reason of doing her. The second thing is I, I wanted to talk in about certain things and horror was a great genre to do that because it works in symbols. It works in allegories. You have a you have a big uh, room of things that you can, you know, use in horror, horror films. So I think it was more about what I wanted to say uh, about life and what I think about certain things. It, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because um, I, I don't particularly think of Argento as much as being social commentary. Cronenberg, you could say, gets um, into it more. Um, one of the things that I felt makes the antenna stand out is that um, there is a social commentary um, in there can you can you tell me what you wanted to say with this film yeah exactly i mean that was actually the driving force of of making the film uh, initially the idea came out of like a philosophical uh, perspective about the simulation and simulacra about how the media is deciding uh, on how we perceive the world but then it got into a different political system, uh, the, the different political discourse, I would say, because of what goes on and initially in Turkey, because this is what affected me the most. We have a huge problem with the media and the state, state-controlled media. And this, this is a huge problem with the manipulation of the society. So that was in the initial thing that I that was concerning to me, but what was happening was actually similar uh, things are happening all around the world. Similar dynamics are working all around the world. Whenever I go to a new country, it's a bit different. The actors are different. The way it works is different. But you know, you have in, in the United States there's a different version of this, uh, maybe with corporations and so on. In Turkey, it's a state. You know, I go to Africa, it could be like a demographic situation about a tribe that is controlling the media. So there's the same dynamic manipulating the society all the time. So this was something really bothering me. Mm -hmm. um, now, you, you um, studied film at uh, Columbia College in Chicago. Yeah. I understand that. Um, let, me, let me ask you, because I don't know 
um, really all that much about uh, the Turkish film industry. What is the industry like there? What's the infrastructure like? Is there an infrastructure? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, somewhat, in certain ways, it's a healthy industry here because, I mean, there are about more than 100 films being produced every year. And one of the great things about Turkey is that mo the Turkish audience actually prefers Turkish films. So it's self-sustaining in that sense. And it has many different issues, uh, but these are too detailed, I think, to, to explain. We have issues about some government support. We have issues about uh, the movie theaters being owned by very few companies, so them deciding certain things. But overall, it's a, it's a functional and kind of a relatively big industry. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have any, any problems in the United States uh, with uh, movie theaters being owned by big companies here. That's absolutely not a problem in the United <laughs> States. Um, uh, but it, it's actually good to hear because the, the general thing, at least from what we hear in the United States is that everywhere in the world, it's like, give us American films. We want more American films to the uh, to the detriment of uh, a local. So it's great to hear that Turkey, um, the population there, the people there are actually more demanding of homegrown films. Yeah, I mean, it has most to do to have to do about the star system in Turkey. So they, they so independent films do not enjoy as much uh, from this uh, connection. But still, I think I think it's it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a good thing. Mm -hmm. So having having been trained in the United States, what was it like to come back uh, to Turkey? and apply what you've learned here in the States over there? Hmm. I mean, in the United States, I think one thing is that everything is a bit more disciplined, the, the way that uh, each department works, each role uh, person has on the set, and education was like that as well. It's specialized in, you know, uh, is specialized on departments that you want to study. So in that regard, I think that's useful for me in, in my career when I was here as well. In Turkey, it's, it's not as defined, it's a bit more loose. Uh, I think that will be the biggest difference that I would see that in US and in Turkey. In the US, it's, it's, it's a bit more established and, and, and disciplined. But overall, you know, it's... it's it's not a massive this difference. It's still the same art. It's still the same ways of doing things. I, I will venture a guess that budget may be also an issue with the Turkish film. Um, were, were there any challenges for you in working with, within what you were able to finance? Okay, so I mean, in that regard, it's a it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's a it's a blessing because you can actually make a film in Turkey, probably way way cheaper compared to US, probably like ten times cheaper uh, here because of the economy, basically. So that's the blessing part. Uh, but the curse is that you are limited 
still the you have to be very creative finding certain things and you don't have access to everything for from you know some tools for makeup special effects plastic makeup to many other stuff so in that regard this is uh, it was very challenging for me uh, we we found a lot of stuff from the junkyards and a lot of the furniture that we use as props are you know props our furniture from our own houses and so on. So it's, it, in that regard, it's, it's difficult to make a film and, and be limited in that uh, setting. I, I presume the interiors were shot mostly on a sound stage. You did sh do some location shooting, in, and and please tell me that all of Turkey is not as gray as we see in the antenna. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's not as gray as it. No, completely not actually. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a pretty nice country, but we have we have our gray moments, let's say, and places. <laughs> and the location-wise, we shot three weeks in Balıkesir, a town near Istanbul, and one week in Istanbul. Most of the interior shots are done in a abandoned. Uh, what do you call it? It's like an old post office. It was like a massive old post office and it was abandoned and they were about to demolish it actually. So it's not a film studio. So we just entered that place and then we started building things uh, out of scratch. And that's what you see, all the apartments, all the dream sequences and so on are, are done in there. Mm -hmm. um, was there anything that you wanted to do that for whatever reason, budget, time constraints, whatever you were not able to pull off? Yeah, there were there were quite a few actually. One thing one thing that I could tell you is that the scene that where he where Mehmet enters the boiler room, the water was supposed to be coming up and it was supposed to be this high, but then we, the the place that we hot we built could not hold the water because of the pressure, so the, we had to you know find creative ways to deal with it. Let's see. Um, okay, I, I, I've got to ask because I'm just curious. Um, the ooze, what was that made out of? Oh, that's uh, actually very simple. It's water, that's paint for like the food paint, and uh, I don't know the English word for it, but you know, got it. It's like like a gelatin or something like that, maybe. It's like gelatin, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about that is the um, uh, the bathtub sequence there. Yeah. Um, uh, first off, tell me about the actress and the, and the challenges you presented to her with this, and also reassure me that there was a hot shower available after that sequence. Uh, well, she was amazing that she stayed with us even after that day of shooting. That was, <laughs> like, it was a terrible, terrible day of shooting. It was very difficult uh, because it was actually very cold. We shot in winter. It was like minus two Celsius or something, the weather. We covered her, uh, but we couldn't, we couldn't get the water that hot. And it was getting out all the time. So what was happening is that we were actually putting more water in than just small uh, kettles. So it was actually horrific 
uh, for experience for her, but she was super upbeat. She was super nice about it. She 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 let us work for like she wasn't that bad. Tub, I think maybe fourteen hours. And because we were in an abandoned post office, there was no shower or anything. So after that, she, she went back to hotel after like a one hour drive. I hope you gave her the day off at least following her. <laughs> Oh yeah, next day she was free, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, you're, 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 you're working locally and you're um, providing a social commentary that would be understood um, in Turkey. Is there anything in particular in the antenna that you, you wish um, the world to understand? Well, I, what I so what I did was actually I wanted to make an international film. I, I I mean I picked a place, but I didn't put an exact time. There is no there is not an exact place or a, or a time in in the in the film. I mean people speak Turkish, so it is in Turkey. But what I'm talking about is actually is an international problem. This this whole issue about the media manipulation is an international problem. I think this has to be understood. I don't know if this movie like. I don't think of a, of this film as like holding a you know a badge or, or or like a banner to to fight this kind of thing, but it, it at least has that discourse and that has to be understood. The antenna is available now through uh, virtual cinema. Support your local uh, support your local theater, and will be available later on through video on demand and uh, there's a fine line between the two but uh, it's an important line nevertheless Orshin, thank you very much for speaking with us thanks a lot thanks a lot then it was a pleasure